Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Oh, it's good to be with you, Oasis family. Bless God, it's so good to be with you. And we're so thankful, Pastor Mark and Pastor Phyllis, inviting us to be with you today. You know, even though we're not here on a regular basis, we're still part of the church. Amen. Amen. We're all part of God's church. And I was just hearing this a minute ago while we were worshiping the Lord. Oh, that song about His goodness. Man, that gets me every time. I can go into the presence of God with that song, can't you? I just want to tell you, if if you're having trouble getting in the presence of God, put that song on about His goodness, and you'll go right in. But I was just hearing this about in the assembly is where the anointing dwells. In the assembly. And we've gathered together today on purpose. And actually, the Spirit of God's already been here waiting on us. There was a time in my life, I just, are you okay? Or you need to go? Or, okay, we're just kind of learning this a little bit. I mean, we used to do it as pastoring, but going into other places like, you got something? You got something? Your turn? My turn? Um, I just, going into the presence of God. Well, one day I was praying. This is back. It's so funny when he said 1993. I don't know, but I've heard a lot of people, Pastor Mark, say things happened in that year. I mean, it happened with me that year. I realized I was called to the five-fold ministry. He knew it before he married me. But it's a good thing he didn't tell me then. I would have said, get thee behind me. That can't be God. So I was in prayer one morning in 1993, and I got ready to go to prayer in my living room. And when I walked into the threshold of the entrance of the living room, the Spirit of God, His presence was so thick. And I mean, I knew like, whoa, something's happening here. He didn't have to say anything. I could sense the presence of God. And this is what He said to me. He goes, I've been waiting on you this morning. Boy, that changed everything in my life from that day forward. When he said, I've been waiting on you this morning. It's like, the God of the universe? Jesus, who gave his life for me, and the spirit that dwells within me is waiting on me this morning? So not only is his spirit with his end, but his spirit is a bond. And actually... Um, I've been getting this, and I hope he's not going to mind me saying it again. It's kind of going to be with me for a while. But a week ago or two weeks ago, we were in a service, and God just said, my presence is present. And I know that doesn't sound like that. Oh, yeah, his presence is present. But no, when he says it, you know, where he is, he's saying, my presence, my anointing, my power, my ability. My grace is present. And one reason he said that to me was because he kept saying to me before that about you're not a victim of impossibilities. We are not victims of impossibilities. And we sang it this morning with God. All, say all, all all things. All things things are not just possible, but they're true. 
They're not just possible, they're real. This word, and I know Pastor Mark and Pastor Phyllis, they are preaching the word, uncompromised word of God that's so evident. Even when I walk into the spirit of this place, it's evident that the word of God is real and alive. The word of God is believed And so this word has been made flesh and dwells among us by the spirit of the living God. Every day he's waiting on us. You know, that wasn't just that moment in my life. He's been telling me, I mean, every day the spirit of the living God is waiting on us. He's waiting to communicate with you. He's waiting to empower you, infuse you. Oh, I don't know. That word's just different, isn't it? He infuses us with his power, with his love, with his grace. You know, I don't know about you, but man, how many years have I been with you? 37 years. We just celebrated 37 years of marriage. And um, every single day... Since I've learned from this man, I mean, my husband was my teacher, was my pastor, because when I came into Christ Jesus, I didn't know the word much. I knew a little. I'd been baptized in the Holy Ghost and was excited, and I knew a little, but I didn't know much. One of our dates at lunch was he bought me a Strong's Concordance, and we could not even hardly eat. We're just sitting there devouring Because it was so new to me to go, oh my gosh, that's what this really says? Like I'm looking at it without any background, without any root of the meaning of these words, the foundation of them. And he's going, yeah, this scripture means this. And I'm like, what? And all of a sudden it's becoming real to me. That's for me. And one of those words, and we're still learning it after 37 years, and we were just talking about it on the way here, is grace. I don't know. There's some things I'll just say. I'll just tell you, I just move by the Holy Spirit and flow. I hope y'all are all right with that. And you notice I'm from Kentucky. Even though I don't live there, I still have the accent, y'all. So just go on ahead and get over it. But just this grace. And maybe this is for somebody, but I'm learning that grace is more than salvation. The grace to be saved and, oh, but not putting it down, so thankful. But listen, salvation and grace, grace is for everything. His ability. And actually, it's his willingness to use, yeah, to use all of his ability in our behalf. In your behalf. You know, we're not just mere men and women walking in this earth, going day by day to work and back at home and dropping the kids off and picking them up and going to all the activities and coming to church on Wednesday night and Sunday morning. That's not just something we're just going through the emotions. The Spirit of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are abiding with us, present in the atmosphere present on the inside and then this grace and the word of his grace Woo! 
how much more can he bless us? And then so many times the enemy convinces born again, spirit filled believers, because it's happened to me. He tries to convince us that we're just, you know, not really have much purpose, just going through the motions. Is anything going to change? Is it going to get any better? Is anything going to happen that affects my life? Do I really have purpose? What am I supposed to impact and input where I'm at? And here we have the whole God head of the living God abiding within us, empowering us. Woo! I'm thankful I'm empowered to never be a victim to the impossibility of man without God, but with God. This takes us right back to thanks be unto God who always causes us. Oh, did you hear that? Causes us to triumph. He's already figured it out, your triumph. Remember, he's the God, the end. He sees the end to the beginning. So he's already sorted it out. Somebody said that this week. I just wish I could sort this mess out. He's already sorted it out. All we have to do is just get in line with him. Acknowledge that he's with you. Acknowledge he gives you wisdom. The spirit of truth is inside of us, leading us, directing us, guiding us, empowering us to all the truth. Listen, the truth is not what you see. The truth is whatever he says and who and what you believe. Woo, the spirit of truth is empowering the church to do what Daniel said, to know their God and do exploits. You are not just at this little church over here on the east side. No, heaven looks at you and says a mighty, mighty army of the kingdom of God. That angel armies are already working in your behalf to part the waters and move things out of the way to make straight the path, to pull up the righteous path so that you can walk on it unhindered, uninhibited and release the power of the living God in your atmosphere where you live day by day, where you work day by day, where you do business in the city day by day. Wow. There's such a stirring. Can you sense this stirring? This stirring... Actually, I was driving through the city to go pick up things and run errands this week, and I heard God say, again, my presence is present. But then he goes, in this city. So actually, in the atmosphere, the presence of God is present. You are never walking alone. You are never on your own. You are never left out, ever. Do you have that? Some people have that. I don't know what they call it now, but it's something about the fear of being left out. It's, it's, it says it's initials. I don't know what that is. F something. It's about, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fear of being left out. Somebody's dealing with that here. And I want to tell you, you're never left out. Because God, from the beginning, before you were ever created and knitted in your mother's womb, he already on purpose planned for you. You know, Dell and I, we adopted a daughter from um, China. 
And this month, she turns 23. We got her when she was 11 months old. And I remember walking in the area where they think she was probably from. They really don't know. She showed up at the courthouse steps. Thank God she had a mama that kept her. She had a birth mother that kept her. So she showed up at the courthouse steps. And I remember walking through this rural area that they think she probably came from. And I remember just the spirit of God saying, he, he was saying, like he says, he's rescued us. But he said, I'm in you and you've rescued her. Meaning he's in us, isn't he? And everything he is, he is in us. And he said, I've rescued her. And I'm telling you, it, it really humbled me because I think I was excited. I wanted a daughter. We wanted a daughter. We were excited to do this, but I don't think we realized on the level of God creating every human being in the earth how important their destiny is, how important their lifespan is in the earth before they get to eternity. And the impact he has on purpose set for you to have an impact in this yes. place in Evansville or wherever you're from. He's done that on purpose and he set it up for us because the scripture says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Yeah, grows brighter than the noonday sun in, meaning in the light on that path is the light the illumination your spirit is the illumination of the lord the candle the illumination on that path is the ability to see to know to receive so you may impact what you were created to impact in this earth so I know a lot of us go, I know that, I've been to conferences, I've heard that, but until it becomes real to you. Amen. So this is real for this body of believers, I'm telling you. Your impact, God's waiting, oh, that's why he said it, I get that, thank you Holy Spirit. He's waiting on you for you to release his impact through you. That comes through your faith, comes through what you say comes through what you do. The anointing of God. I'm declaring this. This is by the Spirit. You need to take it. Be ready. Do you raise your hands to take things here? Take it. The anointing is upon you. The anointing is upon you to destroy all the works of the devil. Because Jesus came to destroy all the works of the devil. The anointing is within and upon you to destroy. I kind of like it sometimes thinking about God has a destroying power over all the works Amen. of the evil one. Amen. Amen. And we are to participate in that every single day. Not just by praying Psalms 91, which I do the same and declare it and remind myself, but how about to actually you carry the power of the one that destroys every oppression, every work of the enemy. Amen. We house, we are the habitation of the living God. He didn't fall asleep even though you did. 
I have too at times. We all have times. We fall asleep, don't we? Or we have times that we just get like, well, whatever, whatever. I don't know. I've been through this before. I don't know. I've heard this before. Pastors preach this before. Oh, my goodness. God's word is alive. Just because sometimes it come, falls on deaf ears doesn't mean that it quit being alive and energetic and powerful. And so on tune, in tune, and so on time. Oh my goodness, God is on time. Who said God's late? He never said he's late. He said he's never slack concerning his promises. Okay, so sometimes when I do this, what I'm dealing with is a spirit that hovers over us, follows us when we do daily business and daily life. So there's this religious thought, God, he's never early, but he's always never late. He'll show up eventually. It might be late for me, but he's going to show up. Oh, my goodness. He is so eager to manifest what you believe him to be and to do. He's waiting on us. We're not waiting on him to manifest. He's already told us. Look in the book of John. Oh, my goodness. Jesus is praying there. And he's letting us know how much the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want to abide and work in us and through us. He's waiting on us, but God is never late. And yes, he can sometimes be early, but we're still asleep and we don't know he came. We don't go to the door. We don't go to the door of our heart. We don't even notice. He's already been there with answers and we're going around in circles going, oh, I wish God would help me. I wish God would show me. And he's trying to show us through his living word. Oh, I'm so thankful. And when I walked in this morning, too, I kept hearing the word is nigh me in my mouth and in my heart. I mean, I just heard it. I have not been meditating on that scripture. The word is nigh me in my mouth and in my heart. The word is the word. Jesus, Jesus himself, Jesus himself is nigh. He's near you. He's in your heart and he's in your mouth. He's in your mouth and he's in your heart. And he's building strength and stability. Every time you do what Pastor Mark said and you take the word of God and you agree with it, every single time heaven comes to attention and they're all rallied around with the spirit of faith and allowing you to walk in life as he has it. Life more abundant. Oh, I don't mean, that's not just a saying, you all, that we've just learned when we used to sing it in Bible school. No, that's truth. He said, I've come. I've come. He's already come. I've come. If you've received him, he's come. He's already come. And I've come to give you. He's the giver. He's always giving. I've come to give. I've come to impart. I've come to anoint. I've come to appoint. Oh, 
Are we good? Are you about to go? I, I've got just a tad more. Okay, I'm going to hurry. I've come to a... I'm just under a song anointing. I've come to a point. Okay, this is something he's been talking to me about lately. Appointing. He's saying, and I get it in prayer. So it's not like I get it for a message or to go speak someone. This comes in prayer. Because I have a tendency, if you just say, let's pray, and you don't give me a topic to pray on or a certain direction, my heart automatically goes to the body, the church. My, every time. I can try to pray about other things. If I'm not directed by the Spirit, I can just try and pick something. And I try, and I'll do a little bit, and the Holy Ghost is there a little bit. But then the Holy Spirit keeps directing me back to the body, the church. we got to pray for one another. we got to pray for the church, the assembly, where His presence gathers us and anoints us to do the works of Jesus to do the living works of Jesus. Woo! There's an appointment. He appoints you. He anoints you to appoint you to specific places and people and things in life. And that appointment, when you complete it, he'll give you another one. And it will increase. The grace increases for it. The anointing increases for it. You see more than you've ever seen. If you don't take your appointments, you're missing out. And that's not putting you down. There's no condemnation. But come on, let's take. He's the giver. He gives everything. He gives life in it more abundant. And in that abundant life are appointments. He appointed you. He did not disappoint you. He is not a disappointment. His word is not a disappointment. He said, I'm not slack. I'm not late. I'm not behind in fulfilling my promise to you. Oh, my goodness. These appointments. So the word disappointment, look at this. It's D-I-S. When you separate it, it means appointment. <laughs> So just shuck it off. I mean, just shake it off. Uh-uh. I'm not disappointed because God said he never disappoints. He says, he said to me once, he said, get your hopes up because mine weren't up very high, let me tell you. And I remember arguing with him about it. I said, well, God, I've always heard don't get your hopes up so you don't get disappointed. And I'm not kidding you boldly. And I was just in prayer alone in my spirit. He said, I said and it reminded me of my father because I had a really authoritative father. I have still. He's still here among us. He's author he was very authoritative. Uh, my friends, if they didn't know, they thought he was in the military. Uh, a really good father, too, let me say. He's wonderful. But he was very authoritative. And I remember if you weren't doing what he said, he'd look at us and just do this snap of the finger and go, I said. But he wouldn't finish. And I knew what that meant. And the Holy Spirit rising up in me goes, I said, get your hopes up. And I'm like, well, I need a word for that. I need a word in the scripture for that. I cannot believe I did that. He is so merciful. He could have burned me up right there. Pastor could have walked into that prayer room and just saw ashes and went, well, there she went. I mean, he really could have, but isn't he merciful? 
I think he knew my motive, though, wasn't to be mean or to rebel against him. I just need to know. And he started taking me to all these hope scriptures in the Bible. And so then I just got up, no longer on my knees crying about what was going on. I got up and I just went to these scriptures and then read them out of my Bible going, you said you are the living God of hope. And you said, my hope is living because you're living. And I just went through and just started declaring. And I'm not kidding you. Immediately, the atmosphere changed. Immediately, faith came. I could, I could feel faith, not just know it was there. I could feel the power of faith. I could feel God saying, I've appointed you. I will not. And then that's when he started talking to me about disappointments. He never would appoint us to a disappointment. He'll never lead you. Remember, the sons of God are what? Y'all know this. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Would y'all say it with me? Led by the Spirit of God. The sons of God, that's you and me, sons and daughters. We're led by the Spirit. He'll never lead you to an appointment that he will ever take his hand off of you or the appointment. And he will always empower you, infuse you with his Spirit. And the spirit of truth to know how to activate and move in that appointment. Because we have to be led by the spirit to move rightly in the appointment we're appointed to. Your appointments can be with people. Your appointments can be with doing something that God's asking you to do right here in your church. Or to reach out from this church in your community. The appointments, there can be, okay, there can be prayer. I get prayer appointments. Uh, I get those a lot. Things that he'll appoint me to pray about. He'll appoint me over people. He'll appoint me over situations that need to change. Sometimes if I get with the right people in prayer, I don't know if y'all know this, but I've just learned this recently. Certain people you pray with bring a supply for you to pray with them on a level you've never prayed before. And go into some things of the spirit of God that you've never been before. Because they have that supply. And if I don't pray with them, I don't have that supply. But when I pray with them, Pastor Mark, I get the supply. Oh, my goodness. We're so important for each other. So how much more can many of us do than one of us do? That's why we have church. Amen. He's in the corporate. He's in the gathering. So we purpose to come on purpose and gather together because he's in it. He's here. He's present. He's present to change our minds. He's present to enlarge our scope of influence. He's present to activate some things that we've left undone that he tried to start a long time ago. There's some things that I'm sure I've had it before too in me that God planted a seed in me and I never cultivated that seed. And then I get three or four or 10 or 20 years down the road and go, oh my goodness, I remember you did that. I didn't write it down. I didn't pray over it. I didn't think about it. And then I'm going, have mercy. Forgive me, please. Because I would not on purpose just really wanting to shun that. But help me. There's some things that have been planted here that have to be cultivated and activated. You cultivate in the word, in your heart. I'm sure your pastors have taught you that. But in the spirit, you cultivate some things. How do you do that in the spirit, Pastor Dana? You do it by praying in the spirit. Stir up the spirit of God within you. You stir him 
by praying. I don't know how people hear from God without praying in the Spirit. I really don't because I never could before the Holy Spirit. And I have to have the Holy Spirit now. Even if someone comes to me about something, if, if I don't know, I have to either say, I'll get back with you or, well, if you want to wait on me for an answer, we're going to have to pray right here. Because I have to have him opening that up to me because the Spirit of truth enlightens us illuminates so that we now operate in the wisdom of God and we speak out of the counsel of God. Amen. So I'm jumping a lot of places around a lot of things, but there are a lot of people are here and different people needing different things. The Holy Spirit, though, the number one thing he's doing in this body, he's gathering you for a specific purpose, a specific assignment in a specific time and the time is already now because we are in the now salvation is now the spirit of the lord is here now i'm one with god now you're one with god now for where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty there is union there is communion and the spirit of the lord he joins us first corinthians says together He joins us. He didn't say, I separate you. The Spirit of the Lord does not separate the church. The Spirit of the Lord, he says, I've joined you. Those that are joined to the Lord are one spirit with him. Those that are joined, say, I'm joined to the Lord. I'm one spirit with him. That means we're going to see what he sees. We're going to know what he knows. We're going to love with his love. We're going to use faith with his faith. Amen? Amen? Are you ready or you want to? Oh, no, I'm ready. And do you want me to stay or you want me to move? Why don't you have a seat? Okay. <laughs> that way I know I'll get to talk. I know. Okay, how do I get down here? Oh, okay. No, that's okay. I'll be there. No, the reason why I'm going to have her sit down is that uh, she's got a, we were involved in a bad car accident about a year ago, and she's got a broken leg that's healed. But it still gives her problems, so I wanted her to sit down. I wasn't being rude. I was trying to be merciful. I'm still smiling. She's still smiling. Uh, I know this is a weird way to start a a sermon for me, but, uh, well, you all don't know me from Adam's goat, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Is is there a man here that's uh, about six foot two or taller? You? Somewhere around there? Anyone else? One more back there? I'd, I'd like for you to come forward if you would. I want to lay hands on you if I could. So I want to tell you what I'm getting by the Spirit. And I was driving, well, when I was driving here this morning, well, in fact, it happened last night, but I didn't, all I saw was a, a tall guy. And I didn't, I couldn't see him. I just could see his outline. And uh, I kept getting that there was an issue that's in front of him. He's trying to make up his mind. And I, I, again, so I'm being as transparent and as obedient as I possibly can. But the Spirit of God keeps telling me that the decision set before you is not one you really want to make, but He wants you to make. And it's not one that you think is going to be as easy or profitable for you as you'd like. But he is saying, if you'll make it, I'll prove myself to you. 
And you know, one of the times that we set bef- we get confused about it is that we set before, he says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, what? Choose. Choose. And the Spirit of God saying, it's not a multiple choice thing. Don't go at him that way. It's an either or. Is this what you want me to do? If it is, I'll do it. Amen. Amen? Are you, is that bearing witness with you at all? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that decision-making set in front of him is something that he is going to rest in. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. I thank you for everything that you're saying to him. And Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would show him clearly how your hand is upon him in decision-making and that he'll put his trust in you and rely on you and not allow himself to be intimidated. He knows it's a decision to be made. And Father God, I thank you that you'll help him make it clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The other guy that was six foot two or around that, just stand up. I'm trying to see if that's the the one, you know. It's just really strange. I, I will tell you that God's saying to you that there's an opening door. Wow, it's starting to swing wide. Don't be intimidated by that door swinging open. Because he says, I've got my hand upon you and I'll bring you all the way through. Amen? You know, when God swings a door open, that's normally a sign that you have to be assertive and take a step through it. You can't stand and go, wow, there's an open door. You know, just step on through. And as you do this, you'll see God's glory on your life. Amen? Amen? Thank you, brother. I, uh, I want to tell you this here. This is really a, an unusual thing for me. I am, I am not one of these that have visions of glory clouds and things like that. And I'm just not. I, somebody will tell me something and I'll go, oh, cool. You know? and, and I'm not trying to downplay it. I just I didn't see it. Well, right today, I'm seeing a haze through this entire sanctuary. And I know you didn't have a smoke machines up here or anything <laughs> like that. So I, I believe it's the glory of God. There's an abiding glory that's meant to be a part of our lives. And the problem that we have is that we think it's something that comes passively. But it doesn't come passively. It comes because there's a pull upon that. I believe that the Spirit of God's shaking some folks up right here, right now. And uh, this is another one of these weird things that he gave me. He said, too many people like a James Bond revival. Shaken but not stirred. (laughs) They're shaken all woo-woo-woo-woo, but they're not stirred to action. And God's saying to this church, it's time for action. There's some things that he's wanting to get across to you. And I, I haven't talked with pastor about this. So, you know, if I'm wrong, you can just, you know, say the old dude was wrong, you know. So, <laughs> but what I'm wanting to get across to you is that there's a, a kind of a shift that's coming. Yeah. A changing of gears. Mm-hmm. And that you need to be ready for it. Because the doors are going to be 
You're going to have people standing waiting for you all to open the doors. It's going to start happening. But you all will have to be the ones to help start that happening. Your communication has to be bold. It has to be fair and firm. It has to be straightforward that, you know, that people will come and say, you'll be accepted. You know, when we use that word accepted, sometimes that means that we say, we'll accept your sin. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that we accept you. We believe in what God can do in your life. It's not the fact that we believe that you are okay in whatever sin that you've committed. It means that you have something more and that God has a better plan for you. And you all are going to communicate that. You're going to communicate it, but you're going to have to be firm and sure in your communication. Not hateful, not mean-spirited, not rough, but yet at the same time it has to be something very clear. Now, I've got a message prepared and it just feels like it's just gone right out the window. So I'm trying to be obedient as much as I possibly can. And I keep hearing a time for change has come. A time for change has come. And I believe that applies to almost everybody in this room. There are thoughts that you've allowed to creep in that are now dominating you rather than you dominating them. I think the most hateful doctrine in all the world, and I may get in trouble for saying this, but in all the, the Christian world is that God is in control. I believe it's a blasphemous. I believe it's hateful. And I believe it's a cop-out. And some of the things you're going through, you say, well, God's in control. You know, I I have to say this to people. They'll talk to me. They'll come up and say, well, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I said, yeah, amen. So So what do you do when you're in the valley of the shadow of death? And they kind of look at me blank. And I said, you keep on walking. You keep on walking. I said, it's not a box canyon. It's not an end of the road. You run into the wall. He says, you just have to keep walking. You're going to go through rough times. I'm trying to get this across to you that you're going to face things you don't like to face. But the shift has to come in the way that you think about it. I'm going through this thing and I'm coming out on the other side victorious. That has to change. Because sometimes we get to the point where all we want... You know, when I was a kid, I, and that's a long time ago, I know, but, but when I was a kid, my mom was a soft touch if I said I didn't feel good. Now, I didn't have to really feel bad, but I'd say, I just, I just don't feel good. I don't, I, is there something, is there a test at school today? No, no, nothing like that. I, I just, I feel like my stomach, you know, and I just exaggerate and carry on and, you know, lie is what the kids do, you know. (laughs) And uh, she'd say, well, you can, you can stay home. All right. Now, back then, all you could watch was soap operas or game shows, you know. (laughs) But, but, you know, it was kind of a nice break. And everybody kind of likes that moment where everybody's going, oh, my dad would come home and go, get up, boy. Yes, sir. (laughs) Not a problem, Dad. 
If you're sick, go to bed. I'm not that sick. Well, then you're not sick. (laughs) So my point I'm trying to get across is that sometimes we get to this place that we're wanting sympathy rather than we are wanting to see what God can do. We're wanting to have an opportunity where we can have everybody go there, there. And I'm going to tell you, you got the wrong ombre up here preaching if you're looking for there, there. Because my heart is for you to change. The Spirit of God keeps saying this. It's a time for change. A time for change. Now, I told the young man over there that he set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. It is the same way where we start choosing what God can do in our life and choosing what we're willing to believe about God in this. And for some of you, it's a time for change. Man, if you only knew how strong I'm getting this unction. There's no way that I can talk to you about it and to the degree that I'm getting it. The change has to come in the fact that you, how you see yourself, how you see this church, how you see your pastors, how you see the possibilities with God. We sing songs about it. Nothing is impossible. Woohoo! And then we go down and say, man, this is a bad situation. I don't know if we're going to come through. We have to get to the point. Now that brought me to this words that I got, two words that I got, and they're Greek. And that's unusual for me to get Greek words. <laughs> Sometimes it's unusual for me to get English words, but... <laughs> I got these two Greek words, and one is eximolosia. Eximolosia means to acknowledge something as truth. And acknowledge it as truth. A lot of people acknowledge the Bible's true. A lot of people acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. A lot of people acknowledge that there's promises in the Bible. But the real change comes from it, and you said it even when you were receiving the offering, about believing. There's another word about this. It's homologia. Homologia means that your words are so ingrained in you and so much a part of you that they cannot separate that word from any other part of your being. It's like homogenized milk. The cream and the milk are mixed together. It's not skim milk and cream floating around on top. It's homogenized. It's blended together. And that's the same way God wants the word in your life. He wants it to be blended into your very being, your very fiber. So that when you come into a situation where you're overwhelmed by natural things that you're seeing, there's a part of you that rises up and begins to speak out what God's declaring in your heart. And that's where it's important to have God's word hidden in your heart. You know what? I'm not trying to make a big deal about, you know, but I nearly died. I think they now told me three times I nearly died while we were in the hospital. I was in the hospital with COVID and, uh, they brought my family in a couple of times. I do remember that. And uh, I was wanting to tell them that, you know, you're not going to be disappointed I'll live. Or maybe you will be disappointed I live. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I, there I was in this. And I remember that over and over again, I'd wake up and find myself saying things like this right here. You're the breath in my lungs. With long life, you'll satisfy me. I'd wake up and this one fella kept coming in there. He's a nurse. He kept tapping me and said, Mr. Culbertson, I don't understand what you're saying. I thought, oh, I'm speaking in tongues. I'd just be praying in the spirit in a semi-conscious thing. It is so ingrained in me. You know, when people brag on me doing something for 45 years, It's not so much me, it's him. 
the Spirit of God working on the inside of me. He has become my closest friend. He has become my best buddy. He is the one who has talked me and led me and guided me over the years. And any mistake I ever made is when I didn't listen to him. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to warn you. I'm trying to give you this thought of that if he's speaking to your heart about it's a time for change, think about what little element he's trying to get across to you. Are you acknowledging the word of God as truth or is it so much a part of you that when you are in your darkest moments, it comes out of you? Years ago, there was a terrible plane crash on the island of Tenerife. This is about 1977, 76, somewhere along there. And 600 people died. I mean, two planes crashed on the, on the ground. One had over 200 people in it, and the other one had over 500 people in it. One was a 747, you know, the big dude. And one guy was an older guy, heavier than me, stocky. He somehow managed to escape. And he came out through a hole in the roof of the plane. And the people who saw it said that he jumped and grabbed a hold of that. Now, I'm going to tell you, if it's 10 feet and you're heavier than me, you ain't touching 10 foot. I don't care. He had supernatural help. And when he got out on top of the plane, he didn't slide off the side. He began to reach his arm down there, grabbing out people and pulling them up. And he pulled out about eight or nine people before a fireball came through and incinerated everything. And he said he could hear what people were saying in that brief moment. Some were cursing God. Some were cursing the situation. But he said every once in a while you would hear somebody saying, Father, I'm in your, help me, I'm in your hands. Over and over again, what is in our hearts will come out of our mouth in crisis times. You see, I want what comes out of your mouth is to be something that's a part of you. That homologia. You know, God has entrusted us with this. He has entrusted us with the renewal of our minds. Think about this. He's taking care of our spirit, man. When you were born again, you stepped from death to life, from darkness to life. Boom, boom, boom. It happened. I mean, instantaneously. Eternity was now secure in God's mind. Your body, by His stripes, you were healed. When I was laying in the hospital, I kept saying, it's so good to be healed. Of course, it was kind of like, it's so good to be healed. Because what was I seeing in the natural wasn't so good. When I look out there and I see my little girl through a window and she's breaking down crying and my son said, turn around. I saw him point her to turn around, not let him see you crying. I want to get across to you. It's so good to be healed. It's so good to have a heart that they said would never function like it should again, working perfectly. It's so good to have lungs that they said you'll have diminished capacity. I've still got it all. You see, this is the God. This is the God we serve. This is the God that... This is the God we serve. But He is entrusting us with the renewal of our mind. Our body, He said, I've I've already taken care of. Your spirit, man, I've taken care of. I'm leaving this soul to you. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. I've entrusted that to you. But you've got to get beyond just acknowledging my truth 
to something that now is so a part of you that it's absolutely blended into your very fiber, very core, the very part of you. When you breathe, it comes out the word. When you talk, it comes out the word. You'd say, I'll never get to that. You know how you get that way? You know how you get that way? You do it by saying it. Now, I've done this at our church. I'll say to you, don't think about a pink rhinoceros doing a hula. And what have you thought about since I said that? <laughs> and you know, that's gross. I mean, that's just gross, you know. And yet, I can get people to do that every time. I even added two coconut trees one time swaying in that. And the person sitting there going, quit, quit. You see, the issue there is what we allow ourselves to think on, what we allow our mind to think on, meditate on, is what we'll ultimately see and ultimately be. I like to see myself living to be in my 80s or 90s. I, I love to see myself being able to have my next grandchild, my number nine grandchild come along with a little Asian eyes and, a, you know, having that look in there and calling me Papa. I'm ready for that. You see, all of that is parts of what's in my imagination, what I allow myself to think on. I think on the fact that I'll still be as the says in the Psalms, that I'll be old and still full of sap. Yeah. 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 Amen. I don't want to be an old dried up twig. I want to be, I want to be a limber stick even yeah. at that age. Amen. I want you to understand the importance of grasping that God has so much for us that the problem that we see is that we put caps on it based on our appearance or how we see ourselves. And if we could see ourselves as God sees us, we'd see us as blood-bought believers. Blood-bought believers. He's paid a price for us. I've got, I've got so much running through me right now. It's just incredible. And the cloud is just getting heavier and heavier. Here's the issue. We need to understand redemption. The, there are four words about redemption. And I'm not going to go into all of them, but there's two that just keeps getting across. And one's apolutrosis. Isn't that weird? I've got all these Greek words running through me today. <laughs> but apolutrosis means to pay a price far exceeding the value of something that they think they're worth. Now, to give you an example, and where this word came to me was I was standing in line at the grocery store, and you know those stupid magazines they have there along the sides, they inquire and all that stuff. You know, aliens are the father of my baby and all that kind of stuff. You know. <laughs> and I saw this, they had a little thing in the corner, a little red corner up in there. And it says, woman paid $45,000 for a $15 dog. And I thought, now nah, I got to read this. <laughs> so the lady in front of me must have had $300 worth of groceries, so I knew I'd have time. So, <laughs> so I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm opening it up and I read it, and what had happened is that she won the lottery. And she won a lottery. She was a, a, a cleaning woman, and her, she could only put $10 a week. And here's what her financial advisor said. You'd do better putting it in the lottery. You'll have more, a better chance of having some. And she won the blessed Ohio State lottery, $11 million. 
And she, you know, distributed it, gave it to her church, did all kinds of stuff, and she's still living in the little house she lived in before. But she's retired now. And she got her a dog. She paid $15 for it at the uh, uh, rescue. And some people knew that she had money, so they kidnapped her dog and put a ransom on it. And she paid that $45,000. That's how much they asked for. And she paid it just that quick. Got the dog back. Everybody said, you're crazy. You could have got you another dog. She said, but I'm not that dog. And I don't care what other people think that dog's worth. It's worth this much to me. You see, when we get a hold of the vision that God sees us as valuable, as valuable, something that it's not an asset, it's a family member. It's not a pet. It's a family member. That's the way he sees you. That's the way he wants you to see yourself. Because he says, I've got much more for you than you think. I've got a possibility that seems impossible to you, but it's well within his realm of ability. Can I have your hand? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak blessing over him. I thank you, Father, there's a stirring going on in the inside of him from this moment forward. I command a blessing upon his household and upon him. And I thank you, Father, that he opens up his heart to see that you have something better for him planned than he's ever dreamed possible. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The stirring of God is something that I don't make light of. But what I do make light of is how we approach it. You see, some people, when they think there's a stirring of God, the first thing they do is they kind of prune up their face. And they strain. You know, the move of God is meant to be a freeing. Where there's the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It's meant to be something that we enjoy. But we have to get to the place that we trust Him enough that when that move starts to bring us into a direction where we're not real comfortable, we're still willing to make steps forward. You see, God's wanting to steer us past what we have been used to. It's a time for change. It's a time for change. If you all would just, I wish I could make you feel what I'm feeling every time I say that. I'm going to be real blunt here. Some of you have been so happy being on your blessed assurances that you have forgot to think about what's the next thing God wants to do in my life. Well, I'm 62 years old. What could he want to do with me? Hi, hey, I'm 72. And he wants, he's got plans for me for the next 10 years. At least. Are you hearing me? He's told me I'd preach in several countries. I preached in Mexico, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Estonia, Lithuania, Haiti, Jamaica, and China. I didn't preach, you know, uh, I wasn't paid for preaching in China. That's when I got my little girl, but I preached. My point that I'm trying to get at is that over the years, he's told me that, and I keep feeling that there's many pockets that I haven't touched yet. 
So they're coming. So my point that I'm trying to get with me, if I can think that way as a 72-year-old, what can you think as a 38-year-old or a 42-year-old or a 46-year-old? It's important that we allow ourselves to see the bigness of God and realize we're included. We're included. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I pastor said, let's go, let's go have church. And then I jokingly said, let's go be the church. That's right. Come on. The ecclesia is in the basilica. Yeah. The church is in the house. Yeah. I think it's important for us to recognize this is just a place we gather. Yeah. And for those of you who are at home, you know, sitting in your chairs and watching this, I thank you for watching but I also want to challenge you to get back into the assembly. It's time. It's time for a change. There's something that the adversary is trying to hold over you and keep you in a place where you feel bound. And the Spirit of God says, I want to help you find your liberty. And it will only be found in the the assembly. There's such an anointing in when we gather. Sis, if you don't mind, I'm just going to pray for you just for a second. Is that all right? Could I have your hand? She's your wife, I assume. You don't mind me doing this, do you? You're not threatened. (laughs) You see, God laughs at those kind of things too. Because he says there's a light starting to shine. And he says there's a real joy that's being restored and really coming into play right now. Absolutely. I believe that. And he's saying, I'm opening up a new door a new opportunity, and you'll enjoy it. Absolutely. I Amen. That. Thank Amen. You. Amen. I want to just shake your hand. I don't know how tall you are, but I, I, you were one of those that I saw. Because when I looked back here, I couldn't see you. I could only see your outline. And I said, hmm, so when do I do this? And he said, there'll be an appropriate time. Now, the Spirit of God is opening up new things for you, too. Hmm. I don't know if it was your job or whatever, but they've been really frustrated over the last few months over things that have not come your way or thought you thought they would come your way. I believe that's what I'm getting. And that frustration could be something that's spiritual or it can be something that's physical. But the Spirit of God says, I'm bringing a new thing to you. A new thing. Because it is a time for change. A time to open up and realize how good He is and how He has plans for your future. Plans for blessing. I don't know if you've gone through a tough time financially, but the Spirit of God says that's about to break. So I believe that if you've been okay, you're going to go into abundance. If you've been in the time of lack, you're going to go into a place of abundance. So hold fast to his faithfulness and allow his words to become your words. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, over the years, I, I feel pulled to people. It's the only way I can say it. It feels like a, like a string kind of pulling me toward them. And, and so if you don't get a word, don't blame me. Okay. But if you get a word, then take it seriously because I take it seriously. I can laugh about it. You can be lighthearted 
and still take something seriously. Amen? The problem we have is that we have this image of the spirit-filled believer, that he is as crazy as a loon, he's wild-eyed, radical, and all this, and if he gives you a word of prophecy, run for the doors. That's the image that some people have. I had a person one time come in and said, does your church speak in tongues? <laughs> I went, yeah. No, good. Oh, good. I was like, what was that all about? <laughs> so I asked him, what was that? Well, you know, some people were put off by that. And I said, well, not, not a believer shouldn't be. The problem that we get into is that we're trying to still fit the church in the world's mode of what a church should be. You're not. Come on. God didn't have cookie cutter Christians. Yes. We're all different. And yet he calls us sons and daughters. I have two boys and a daughter. Now my daughter is a high achiever. She is one of these super competitive persons and all this. Uh, She's five foot four, about 140 pounds, something like that. And she's playing rugby on a girls' team. I asked her why. And she said, I just want to do something. I said, rugby is something that you do. You will buy a mouthpiece. You will take care of all these things. You will. And she goes, yeah. And she's super competitive. I have a, my oldest son, older son, is as unusual as anybody I've ever dealt with. <laughs> he is comical all the time. Mom, I cannot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Comical all the time. He has words that he'll say to you and you'll go, why would you even think that? <laughs> why would you even think that? And he'll, it just seemed like the right thing to say. Okay. My second son is the one who's the pastor. And he's very motivated. He's not competitive. He's motivated. Very intentional in everything he does. Sometimes he's super serious and then he'll get with his older brother and it becomes Laurel and Hardy and crazy stuff. Now my point I'm trying to get, they're all three different but they're my children. And I'm not put off by any one of their behaviors. You see, this is the way that we have to see ourselves with God. I may not be Pastor Pearl, but I am Pastor Dale. And I'll give what God has given me. And the moment that I do that, I step into a place of obedience Mm -hmm. because His grace is there for me. Now, I don't know what time we have or don't have, but I, I want to say this right here. When you hear the message of grace, if it ignores faith, it's not a good message. That's right. That's right. Because it's faith in His grace. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him because without faith, you cannot appropriate His grace. So, Today, there's a lot of messages on grace, and some of them are really shaky. Some of them are good. Some of them are opening up people's eyes. I'm cool with that. But I do know this, that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. 
You're going to have to use your faith to appropriate His grace. And when you use your faith, then you step into a place, a new place. A place that may not be comfortable to you. A place that may feel awkward. But yet at the same time, at that moment, you're pleasing to God. Because you're putting your trust in Him over over what you see. In other words, you're allowing His Word to become homologia inside you. Not eximologia, where you're acknowledging something that's true. Yeah, that's the truth. That's a chair. Eximologia. He's got on a green tie, I hope. It's green? It is green, right? Yay, verily. I'm a little on the colorblind side sometimes. Yeah, that's the truth. I've acknowledged the truth. Will it change my life? The answer is no. Homologia will change your life. Homologia will cause you to step into a place that you've never been before and realize it's only getting better. Yes. Are y'all hearing me? You got something, babe? change yes go ahead what was that you said it's time for a change time Time for for change change. that's about this body and it's it's really god's announcing it so that you'll jump on it and so i keep hearing this pastor phyllis like like god wants he's going to give you some details to prepare for the change and you're going to do it but in the natural it really looks like it's not happening but he's already set it up. And it's about this body. I I think, I don't know, we haven't talked. You do some of the administration. Yeah, all of it. So it has to do with that. And even before it happens, he's going to start downloading some things to you. So keep your pen and pencil or notebook or however your phone beside your bed even. I don't know, I could see you getting up early morning, like 4 a.m., and him going, change this. Get ready to change this. Move this to here. And people. Sometimes we have to administrate people in a body of believers in our churches. And so even people that you thought have always fit this job or they function really well here, He's doing a work in them too. And he's going to show you ahead of time how he wants to change them. So there's going to have to be some developmental changes like skill, like even, I don't mean skill like learning a new skill, but how to move with God in a change and how to go, okay, we no longer want you to greet. We want you to come up and actually pray with somebody to be saved. I'm just giving an example. But it's along those lines. Some people's roles are changing in here. Yes. Probably you've picked that up already. Most likely you've seen some of it and kind of wondered and watching them. But there are some roles that God is changing in people because you're growing. Because you're growing. Yes. Because you have so much word in you. Don't get fat. Use it. Amen. Activate it. You know what I mean by that. Don't just sit around and go, woo, that's so good. No, like he said, don't give a mental assent. This word that's been preached to you all for years, this is to be activated. Amen. In you, through you. Changing even people that you usually, okay, I keep getting this over this group of people. The group of people like you guys are usually around, that's getting ready to change. And at first you're going to go, really? That group of people? Never saw myself 
talking and ministering and loving on that group of people. But it's going to happen real soon. When he gave that word about change, I saw by the Spirit. Now, we have the Spirit of seeing and knowing. Yes. It's not just for pastors. <laughs> it's for the church because you have the Holy Spirit. He wants to show you what he sees. Yes. He wants you to know what he knows. We have an unction from the Holy One in First John, and we know all things. You don't know everything. You know what you need to know. Yes. You know what you need to know to be who God's created you to be, to yeah. do what he's told you to do or what he's telling you to do or what he will tell you to do. But I saw a line from the back right there from those doors lined up with people. So I would say that could be 15 to 20 people right here waiting to give their testimony. And guess what? It might not fit with the place it usually should go in the church service. And let me tell you why. Because when people really get changed, they can't wait yes. to tell you how God has literally turned their life around and given them life. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's going to happen here. Amen. They're going to come in. I don't mean they're going to be rude. That's not it. But we have to have mercy on them. And allow them to come, like, well, it doesn't usually fit here. No, but they're excited. And what if what they tell changes us? Amen. Meaning, I don't know about you, but when people get saved and they really have had an experience with God, it causes me to move towards God. Amen. It does. It causes me Amen. to go, what am I missing out on here? I've gotten kind of comfortable with my relationship with God, that it just kind of feels good to be like this. But then when there, then no longer am I just just like shaking a little bit like, ooh, that's neat that happened to him. I'm stirred in my heart. Yes. Because I want more of him. And I want to help more people get what they're getting. Yes. They're getting saved. They're getting delivered. They're getting changed. I see you, some of you women, literally in the grocery store being led by the Spirit. This has been happening to me more. Being led by the Spirit just to say something to somebody I don't even know. Yeah. And I have to watch it because I'm like outgoing. I can just go like, hey, I got something to tell you. And I can't really do it that way. I've got to be a little more gentle because they don't know me. They don't know who I am. And they get nervous. If it's older women, they get their pocketbooks. They hold them real close. They get nervous because they think, you know, you're coming and debating their space. But what I have to do is I just, I just try to gently go, hey, you know what? God put my attention on you. He gave me attention towards you. And the reason is he has thoughts for you and they're good and they're not evil and they're for a future and a hope. Is there anything I can pray with you about? And do you know what? Nine times out of 10, they let me pray right there in the grocery store. Nine times out of 10, they start crying. Because why? They need him. Whether they know him, they've known him, they're starting to know him, or they don't know him at all. They need him. And there's not really a lot of people in life right now, if you've noticed, if you're going in and out of businesses, if you're going doing running errands or whatever you're doing, nobody's really stopping to talk to people. Nobody's talking to each other. Nobody's really getting to know each other. Nobody acts like, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm on this rat race of life. And I'm getting my job done. I'm doing what I have to do. And I got to hurry up and get the kids home. I got to hurry up and do this or... Nobody's really paying attention. So therefore, people aren't taking time at home. we got these phones that keep us occupied. Whether we're Christians or not, nobody's paying attention. God's paying attention. So all you're going to do is pay attention to Him. Amen. And let Him pay attention to someone that needs to know He's with them.
that he cares about them, that he loves them. I don't keep my cards. I don't keep the cards of the church with me very often. Uh, I don't go there. I really don't go there. I don't say I'm a pastor or I have pastor. I don't say that. I don't go, hi, I'm Pastor Dana. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I just said, hi, I'm Dana. And God has you on his mind today. And did you know he thinks about you? He has thoughts for you, and they're good. And I don't know what's going on in y'all. And they just start crying immediately. I don't know what's going on in her life unless God tells me. But she'll just start crying. You say, well, man, go, well, I don't want to do that. That's too much blubber. I don't want to get into all that. Well, most of the men, most of the men will not cry. Right. Uh, but most of them will listen for a second. I'm just saying we've got to be intentional. Yes. Amen. Amen. This is change. This is the change that's happening in your body. I'm telling you, in your church body. I, more people will come because you intentionally are led by the Spirit to talk to people than will just walk through these doors. Amen. I've just found that out over years. Amen. I mean, I wanted it to be that way, and I used to pray for it to be that way because I would, didn't really like going out and going, oh, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't. And now I'm just finding out it's not about all that. It, I don't have to know 20 scriptures. And I hardly ever say a scripture and say, this is John 4. <laughs> I don't do that because most of them have not a clue. Some of them don't even know there is a Bible. Yeah. Do you know the majority of people that, that you're passing by every day don't even know God? And they don't know what the Bible says? And so if you start talking about it, you'll turn them off. because. And I don't mean God will turn them off. Just that knowledge will turn them off because they'll feel inadequate. Yeah. So I just don't even go there. I just go, hey, hey, I want to tell you, I might even do this while I'm standing in line at the grocery store. I'll say to like, you know, I'll notice something. She's wearing something pretty colored. And I'll say, hey, I like that top you've got on. Oh, thank you. And then they'll start talking. You know, I bought this, da-da-da. Oh, yeah, that's a cool place. Yeah, I haven't never been there, but that's neat. And then in a moment, I just go, or if I notice they have kids, hey, I see your kids. I see this. I see this going on. Oh, yeah, and they'll start opening up. And then I just go, okay, God open it, keep that door open long enough that I can tell them that you know them and you want to be active in their life. Amen. And I just do it. I had a guy in the grocery store was stalking. He was a young man, I'd say in his 20s. I was walking down. Now, this has been a couple of years back. I was walking down with my cart and I saw him sitting there in the floor stalking, putting things on the shelf. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, there's something wrong in his family, and it's health-wise. So I walked over, and I said, hey, you like sitting better than standing? Is that why you're sitting down? Yeah. And he looked at me and went, yeah. He goes, yeah, it's a lot. And then I said, yeah, there's a lot going on in your life right now, isn't it? And he looked up at me, and he went, what do you mean? And I said, well, I don't know, but God said there's something going on in your life with somebody in your life, and it's really heavy. And tears. This is a guy. He's in his 20s. He starts to heals. My wife was just told she has cancer. I'm like, oh, all right, God, here we are. Here you have led me. Here, you're right here to help. And so I just said, hey, can I pray with you? He said, sure. I didn't get down on the floor. I just stood there because I didn't want to cause a big scene and embarrass him. But I just sat there and I said, God, Jesus, you're the healer. I ask you to heal his wife right now. I ask you to intervene in their behalf right Amen. now. Change this situation. And I thank you for it. That's all I did. I didn't do a lot, bunch of praying in tongues. I didn't do, even do that at all. I didn't do any of that. I just said, God, I ask you to intervene. Well, then the presence of God is just like, Phew! 
I mean, he's just, he's there. And he knew it. And then I just said, well, hey, I'll be praying about your wife. I'm believing she's coming through. Don't give up. And I said, listen, you can ask God to help you. He just shakes his head. Okay. You go, well, well, you didn't do any more. You didn't invite him to church. No, because really that's all I could do at that moment, meaning that's the door that opened. And I don't want to overwhelm him too much and give him too much. I want him to know. I want him to go to bed that night and go, oh, my God, somebody said something to me, and they don't even know me, and they knew that something was going on in my life. God must be real. Amen. And I guarantee you he told his wife, Amen. And no matter what happens from then on, I know God got his foot in the door of their Amen. lives. Amen. And he wants to minister to them and love them and change Amen. them. Amen. But what if I hadn't been aware? What if I was in a hurry? What if I didn't pay any attention? What if I didn't? Okay, have I not done it? I'm guilty. There have been times I have not been aware. I have not been intentional. But that's having to change. Even the Spirit of God's dealing. This is part of the change. God's dealing with the church. We have to be aware of the spirit realm. Amen. More than the natural realm. Amen. Because you house the spirit realm. You house the kingdom of God himself. Isn't that what Luke says? The kingdom of God is within us. Amen. You house him. You're dwelling with him. He's dwelling with you. He lives in you. He has things to say to people. They're not aware. They're not awake. They don't know. They don't understand. But just one little entrance of a little opening, you can say something and change their destiny. You say, how? Because it's a seed. The Bible's all about as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. The kingdom is about the seed, right? Jesus himself was the seed, right? I mean, it's the seed. Plant, plant, plant. I want to get this on to you. Plant, plant the kingdom. Amen. Plant the kingdom with our words, with our heart, with our actions. Plant the kingdom of God in your daily life. Plant him. Plant it because he said he'll multiply it and cause a harvest. You don't even have to multiply it. You may never go back and water that seed, but God will set things up. For some of you here today, God's setting things up. Amen. I'm telling you, this is a word of the Lord for you, this church. God's setting things up for you. For the kingdom to grow, but also for you personally. He's setting things up. Amen. He's up to something. Amen. He's up to something good. Amen. God is good now and forever. Amen. God is not good once in a while. He's good always. Amen. His goodness lives in you always. Amen. His thoughts about you are good always. Amen. Amen. He's not a once in a while God. He doesn't turn on and turn off. The Bible says he never slumbers nor sleeps. So that way you can. He's always aware. He's always on time. He's always with you. He's working things out. He's changing things. So let's wake up. So my, my thing would be then start praying. Start praying about the change. I mean, you can do it just first thing you get up in the morning. Once you have a little couple of sips of coffee, you're getting ready. Just in, in, just pray in the spirit. You're stirring up your spirit and you're stirring your mind yes. 
to cooperate with the realm that you've been created in, the spirit realm. Yes. And you're stirring yourself up to align. You're aligning yourself in the spirit with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then you're able to pay attention more, listen more, take your cues from him. I love taking cues from the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that's what this is about, change. Change is happening. Change is coming. Whether you want to believe it or if you want to hide your head in the sand, you can do it. But it's happening because people need Jesus. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.